0: Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specialising in breast and body contouring. So, Olivia is asking, Will I be, uh, will I receive a call soon about my surgery? Could be rescheduled, question mark. So, um, yes, well, that's another question. Another question, could you advise? So this is a question I've had from a patient saying, could you advise when you expect to resume surgeries? I've got a small window of opportunity for surgery this year, 9th to 26th of July, July. would this be a possibility at your clinic? Is the original question, but... um, Yes, so Olivia is booked in and is asking in, and t- Is asking when we're going to contact her. So um, so the, 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 the person who's saying, can she have surgery in July? Well, the answers may be it's a yes if you're having minor surgery. So if you're having surgery that I can do at the clinic, it's a yes. It's a yes from me uh, because we're doing surgery in July. Uh, at the clinic, we're starting on the 6th of July, is it? Whenever the Monday is. And uh, that means minor procedures under local anaesthetic, pure local anaesthetic. Uh, we don't do sedation at the clinic. So as general anaesthetic cases, which is what Olivia is talking about, and actually what this patient is talking about. Is uh, a different kettle of fish because a general anaesthetic cases have to be done in the hospital, and the hospitals have said that well they're currently being used by the NHS, so they are currently uh, and they've uh, got a contract with the NHS, which um, which means that we're not doing private work. They are they have said to us that they are keen to do start doing private work, and they have asked us to submit our cases that we have uh, got booked to do and we've told them the cases we've got booked to do including yourself olivia um uh, because we need to give people like you dates because you need to sort out your life and you need to know what is going on but um but for general anesthetic cases, they haven't got back to us with dates. They haven't given us theatre slots. So I can't give you a slot yet, Olivia. I can't give you a time. I'm sorry about that. And anyone else who wants surgery. So this person here, who I, I think it was a general anesthetic case she was asking for, 9th to the 26th of July. It's a, it's a no from me. It's a definite no, because I know that they, I, you know, I'm saying August. I'm saying to people they're going to start. I've got no basis of fact for that. I've got absolutely no um, knowledge about that at all. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing it on best case scenario. So um, I think we might be starting in Olivia in in, in August, but I know you're probably going to want dates. And I hope that they don't just suddenly say, well, you can start next week. And then we have to say to you, you can have it next week. And then I hope they give us notice, but we are um, at their mercy at the moment. So um, when will surgery resume? July for minor procedures. I think August for major uh, procedures, but I can't give any dates. Fingers crossed. Because I don't run the hospital. I run the clinic, but I don't run the hospital. So um, that's that so um yeah what do you think about this angle on instagram i thought the other angle was better actually put it on a stand i thought it'd be more professional but it looks a bit unprofessional i think the i like the facebook one but i'm not so sure still for the yeah oh that's the other thing yeah thanks beck thanks beck yeah so um yeah again that will that is the three-hour thing there's a three-hour um Uh, what's the word limit limit that's the word um on cases so we're not supposed to do cases take over three hours now that has come from the uh talk around the associations it hasn't come from the hospital so it will ultimately be up to up to the hospital um to have some guidelines on that but that is people who are asking me about um where's the camera on this people are asking me about um the mummy makeover is a classic the breast surgery and tummy surgery is pretty much always over three hours One, well, not pretty much it is always over three hours even a mini tummy tuck and the breast implants would be over three hours so we can't do mummy makeover so i spoke to someone on friday who wants it done in one go and i totally understand her wanting that one in, one in one in done go one in done go she wants it one in dungo what can i say you know you want it one in dungo you can have it one in dungo um because if you don't have it one in dungo then you're looking like a year for for having certain you know or two years it's a year to get really something really you know you're looking three to six months between the procedures so you have a big procedure like a tummy tuck something like that. And three to six months probably three months is probably a bit soon really you're probably looking more like six months before you have your breast procedure um and then it takes you a year to get over the, bre- you know, each of them. So I can totally understand why you would want to have it all one in done go. Um, but at the moment, we're not supposed to do uh, that. So what I said to this patient is I totally understand that she wants it all done in one go. I'll say it properly. Um, uh, but, um, oh, was it you? Oh, was it you I was talking to? <laughs> was it you I was talking to? Oh, was it you? It was you. All right. Oh, well, I don't have to explain to you then because it was you. You remember what I said? Um, All right. That's embarrassing. Um, Well, there you go. Um, It was Beck. That's who I was talking to. Um, Yeah. I mean, you have to either decide (laughs) you have to either decide to have it split uh, now Or you say, look, I really want it done in one go because I don't want to have two sort of time off work, which is totally reasonable. Um, And you wait and maybe we will be able to do them in one go soon, because it seems to me that the guidance is changing quite a lot without a great deal of notice. And maybe, you know, the numbers will go lower and we'll be able to do bigger operations. So, um so I, I yeah yeah i i mean i would well it's totally up to you but i would probably think about waiting maybe just to see if things um if things change and we're allowed to do them all in longer cases because i would hope that they'd start us letting to do us longer hmm? god i'm not doing very well with my words today i hope they'll start letting us do longer cases relatively soon but i again i am i'm just I'm just the guy. I haven't got any um, clout. So I just do the work. Right. Uh, What's happening? Sorry, I've got to look at the screen. I don't know if this is a good setup, you know. I don't know. Anyway, it is what it is. Um, Olivia, what's Olivia saying? I'm working till the end of June now. May come and see you in early July if that's okay. Absolutely fine, Olivia. Yeah, well, maybe not early July, but yeah, definitely in July. Oh, look, look, we've got people to wave at. Um, I'm so jealous of the people in USA as they're having joint procedures now, are they, Olivia? Yeah, are they? Well, yeah, I know, I don't know what to say. Is it good that they're having joint procedures now? Is it, I mean, if it's not safe, it's not safe, you know? I don't know, but maybe it is safe. I don't know. Um, Anna, can I ask how much time roughly do we need off work after a breast lift? I'm a nurse. Uh, big up yourself, Anna. You're out there. doing it at the front line, looking after us. Thank you for that. I'd like to say on behalf of all my colleagues uh, here, um, respect. Um, so, Anna, if you are having a breast lift, the breast lift is quite a big operation in terms of the scarring. So you probably know the scarring around the nipple down and, and in the chest wall. And, and it makes your, your breast tight. That is the point of the surgery. It makes your breast tight. So you've got to take it easy uh after a breast lift and that means that for the first week i would say don't really do much now it's good to walk because you don't want to get a dvt you know you don't want to get clots in your legs so you've got to walk you've got to get up and moving and you've got to um keep everything going who's asked the question it's it's anna over here right um so um you've got to keep everything going but uh you're not going to want to be too much too much with your upper body first week again with me anyway it'd be different people with me i take the dressing off after a week uh pretty much every opera i do to be honest with you so dressing for a week and then no dressing so after the first week you don't have the dressing second week you're going to feel a little bit uh uh fragile but you will be doing office work maybe you'll be doing stuff on the computer um but nothing too drastic and i probably wouldn't say drive some people say oh, i've got to drive you have got to take the kids to school blah, blah 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 you might be all right to drive um I've got the second question there. You might be okay to drive after the first week, um, but you might not. So I would say to be safe, two weeks. Everybody's different. Some people are great after a week and they say, "Oh yeah, I'm fine." Other people are a bit uncomfortable after the uh, first week so to be safe two weeks you'll be starting to maybe feel a bit better or maybe starting to drive at two weeks short distances similarly if you were doing exercises like uh, obviously walking and um, uh, the bike is a good one because it doesn't put any impact on you know no impact exercises after two weeks would be fine but just gently doing you know walks and things like that nothing too heavy with your upper body so you don't want to be doing any lifting you don't want to be doing any upper body activities any other upper body active uh, exercises or high impact things like jogging and running and stuff like that uh for at least a month six weeks probably to be honest with you so it depends on your nursing work if you've got to do lifting if you've got to use your upper body and problem with being a nurse is sometimes you've got to do it when you don't expect it someone falls in front of you you know you can't just say oh I'm on light duties um so it can be difficult so I would say at least six weeks I don't know if that's helpful but you know I can give you a sick note if that helps um but you know And then you can start getting into things. So it's probably a couple of months before you'd be doing anything sort of without feeling discomfort. And that's the problem. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to swell uh, and it's just going to take longer to settle. It's a false economy if you go back to doing things too quickly. And then worst case, I mean, you could have wound um, problems, particularly down at the T-junction. That's the tightest part. So you really want to get those wounds to heal properly. So um, I would say four to six weeks, you can start gently getting back into things. Six to eight weeks, you can do a bit more of a bit of um, bit heavier things. So it is a bit of a long haul of breast lift. It is a bit of a long haul. Um, hope that's helpful. Natalie's here. Hi, Natalie, in Facebook, that is. Um, hey, JJ, nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Phoebe. Um, Olivia, Anna, Anna, clap to Anna. Yeah so um yeah good so uh we've got a question here got a question uh, from one of our readers um who has posted this question who asked me actually she's a patient of mine she asked me this question just um i've just been looking after the breast implants after pregnancy um Looking after BBA during pregnancy, I've written there. I've written the wrong thing, haven't I? Um, I've just become pregnant in my first trimester. I want to ask if that if the any help or information you could share with me to look after the breast augmentation and knee bras you might recommend. I'm really worried about them going out of shape or too saggy. So yes, the question, the answer is bottom line, bottom line, don't worry about it. Now, it's a different question if you are thinking of having, getting pregnant and you're thinking of having breast implants. There's a different conversation you have to someone who's saying, I've had breast implants and I'm pregnant. So if you're thinking of having implants and you're thinking of getting pregnant, the advice is wait for the implants until you've finished your family. Because the, the, having children can affect the size and the shape of your breasts. So, there is a discussion there to be had as to whether you should wait or not. Now, if you've already got implants in, it's a feta complet. So, you're not, you know, what can you do? So, the bottom line is don't worry about it. K, Sarah, Sarah. You know, it's absolutely fine. There's no problem with getting pregnant. There's no problem with breastfeeding, assuming it's just implants you've had. If you had a lift, then that might. Uh, might be affected, but it might not. But it's certainly, you know, implants on their own, there'll be uh, no problem breastfeeding and, and no issues with that. Now, having said that, as I said a minute ago, breast uh, having uh, children can affect the size of your breasts because what happens is they're getting your breasts get becoming gorged milk. They get bigger during the pregnancy. They get bigger while you're breastfeeding. Then when you finish breastfeeding, the shape can change. The size can change. They can go smaller. They can go. They can stay big. And sometimes, because they've gone big to small, that can make the skin droop and the, and the breasts sag. Like, say, I'm worried that the breasts are going to sag, and that is a risk after having children because the breasts become bigger and smaller, and that makes them um, that makes them sag, and that is a risk. Now, there is not a huge amount you can do about it. Um, Certainly in terms of bras, I think it is good to look for a supportive bra for your comfort and for your support and for your well-being and your health. I don't think it's going to prevent them from sagging if they're going to sag. And I don't think the flip side is if you don't wear a bra or don't wear a good bra, it's not going to make them sag more. So I don't think that a bra will actually help the fact whether or not they're going to sag people talk about it they shall I wear a bra all the time and therefore my breast won't help uh, won't sag i'm not sure if there's there's good evidence for that and i'm not sure if that's gonna help so um am i being rude at instagram by not looking directly at the camera can i try and put the cameras together um so i'm not sure whether I put that clip actually on on there. I know I should. What do you think about that? How's that? It's over there. Where's it? Right. Um, How's that? Huh? That's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. Boom, boom. Um, so I'm not sure if a bra will actually stop them from drooping, but it is good to wear a sportive bra because it can be uncomfortable uh, and it will help with your comfort and your general um, uh, well-being, having a good bra. And I've done a blog post about about post bra because it really is sort of similar to a post-operative bra. You want one um, with uh, without a wire, with uh Preferably without seams, preferably front fastening, particularly if you're going to be breastfeeding. That will obviously help with that as well. Um, But it just helps putting it on and off, you know, having it front fastening. So I think it is good to wear a supportive bra that uh, will make you feel more comfortable. But I don't think it's going to change what's going to happen to your breasts. So just don't worry about it and just see what happens. And if stuff happens, you know, and what normally happens is the breast changes, not the implants. The implants usually just sit there, and don't do anything, but the breasts can droop and sag and so that they can sort of fall off the implants if you like. So stuff can happen if you have a, a, ch- a child but they might not they might recoil back and they might be as good as new you know not everybody's breasts uh change irreparably after children and it and they might be fine so let's think positively and let's say it's gonna be fine there's nothing you can do about it anyway so what you know don't worry about it you know see what happens and if stuff happens we'll fix it it's not a problem that I can't fix because I can do it in the mix. Um, so what's going on here? Anna, I'm a district nurse, so lots of compression banding in the upper body. I was thinking four to six weeks. Thanks, very helpful. Anna, four to six weeks is minimum. Four weeks would be minimum if you're doing a lot of compression banding. And I'll tell you now, Anna, and I totally get it. You've got to do what's right for you in your work and you might not be able to take more longer than that off work. So you've got to do what's, you know, you've got to make this balance. You've got to judge it yourself. But from a medical point of view, if you go back too soon and start doing too much, especially district nurse, you can be driving around all over the place, you can make it swell. And if you make it swell, it takes longer to settle. So it is a bit of a false economy sometimes when you go back. But I understand we've all got to work and we've got to, you know, um, it's not always possible to take sort of extended periods of time off. As I say, I can give you a sick note if that's helpful, Um, but I think four weeks I've got to be honest, is, would be a minimum for me. <clears throat> but it might, you know, it might be okay. Everyone's different. It's so hard. Everyone's different. Um, right, got a question here about smooth and textured implants. Just a quick question about implants. If I did have Polytech and opted for one, sorry, if I didn't have Polytech and opted for one, I'd, the, is it of the other brands, do you use smooth or textured implants? And please, could you explain the pros and cons of the two? So, um, good. Hi, bumpy girl, bumpy gal. <laughs> um, oh, God, it's all go. It's all kicking off. In... Um, yes, and absolutely right. Pros and cons. You said it. You know, there's no such thing as the best implant. Anyone who tells you one's the best implant, I take it with a pinch of salt. It's the same with anyone who tells you one operation is the best operation, particularly if they say, oh, I'm. You know I'm the only one who does this operation and it's really good. I'm like, if it's really good, why do you, why are you the only one who does it? Hello, Pip, nice to see you, Pip Bumpy. Um you know, so take it with a pinch of salt if someone if someone tries to tell you that one implant is the best. And broadly speaking, in terms of implants, you have got saline or silicone. We don't really use saline in this country, um, so saline we don't really use. So they're pretty much all silicone gel implants. So the in, inner of every single implant, apart from saline ones, but is silicone gel, and they're all the same. There's I, I think I'm right in saying there's one. There used to be two factories. I think there's one factory now in Texas. I think it is that makes the, the silicone that goes inside silicone implants. So they've all got the same silicone inside. It's all made at the same factory so um, you know there's nothing to differentiate them there they've got the same silicone there is this different viscosities of the silicone but you know the, there is basically they're all the same inside so the differences between implants are in the shell and the shell again is silicone silicone they're all silicone shell even saline implants have got a silicone shell and there are different types of shell so there's a smooth silicone shell which is how they were first made which is a which is smooth and then there's a textured silicone shell which is rough and then there's polyurethane which is a foam so um there's good and bad about both of them and basically the rougher they are the more it breaks up the scar tissue that goes around the implant the more the scar tissue sort of gets into the nooks and crannies and can get a purchase on the implant the more stable the implant is and when that scar tissue contracts, which it always does, it contracts in all different directions. So um, the capsule contracture is is less the more the scar tissue is broken up, because it's all in different directions. So a smooth implant, where the scar tissue is not broken up at all has got a higher rate of capsule contracture because it's just a smooth sheet of it, scar around it. A textured implant is less, textured silicone implant, and a polyurethane implant, which is basically a silicone implant with a polyurethane foam shell around the outside of it, which is the Polytech one, has got an even lower rate of capsule contracture. So that is the good thing about having it rough. So the polyurethane's got a low rate of capsule contracture followed by the t- textured silicone, followed by smooth silicone. So that might say, well, smooth silicone is bad, right? Well, the reason that people use smooth silicone, particularly at the moment, they've had a bit of a resurgence, is because of ALCL. ALCL is a type of cancer associated with implants. It's a very rare cancer. It's only recently become um, uh, in on the market. It's only recently become, not on the market. You're not buying it. You're not buying a cancer. You want a cancer? Who's buying it? Oh, God, maybe I should do these earlier. It's past my bedtime. Right, Um, it's only recently become um, known about, uh, and it is curable, but nevertheless, it's a cancer. Let's not not try and dress it up. Uh, And it seems to be related to the roughness of the implant. So the polyurethane ones are really rough. The textured implants ones, the textured silicone ones are less rough. Smooth ones aren't rough at all. So there's much lower risk of ALCL in smooth implants compared to textured, compared to polyurethane but a higher risk of uh, a contracture also because they're smooth, they don't really integrate with the tissues. They don't really sort of stick in the pocket. So you can't get a teardrop smooth implant. It just doesn't exist. You just can't even get it because they move all over the place. Uh, and they're more likely to ripple. So they're more likely to ripple, more likely to move and uh, more likely to get capsular contracture, but less likely to get ALCL. So it's a, it's a, It's a balance, you know. It's a balance, and I don't know the answer. There isn't an answer. Well, it's not even I don't even know the answer. I think people. I think the problem is a lot of people are looking for the answer. They're looking for the answer, you know, and they want the answer. They want you to tell you them what the best one is, and you're like, this one's good for that one. I'll have that one then. Yeah, but it's bad for that one. Well, I'll have the other one. Oh well, that's bad for you know. Who knows? It's a balance. It's a balance of risks and life. you know, once you start thinking about it, I don't want to get too philosophical. I don't know if you're ready for this, but life is a balance of risks. You know, it is. And, I, you know, I mean, this, people say, oh, these terrible things can happen. Well, they can happen, but there's good things that can happen as well. You know, people benefit from having this. Because I'll be like, why are you doing this surgery? It's terrible surgery or makes people ill and does terrible these this person got a complication and had a terrible result and all that. Well yeah, there are people who have complications. There are people who have bad results. There are people who are who are adversely affected uh having this sort of surgery. But they are far outweighed by the people who are positively affected by it and it is the same with everything in life it is the same with any medicine you give if you look at the, if you look at that packet of that that um sheet you get you know with paracetamol or anything really gaviscon just look at the side effects goodness me honestly and presumably someone's had those side effects you know of gaviscon you know all the or you know i don't know name it name it ranitidine i don't know name a medication all the bad things that can happen but there are good things as well and we have a balance we have to balance the good thing versus the bad thing what are we talking about smooth or textured yeah so that's the balance on the smooth and textured in fact there's a balance of implants isn't it balance of having implants you know, and I said, people are worried. If you're worried about the risks of implants or don't have implants, then you definitely won't have a complication. You definitely won't have a bad result. You will be, it's a lot cheaper. Um, but, you know, you won't get the potential benefits and only you can weigh them up. Oh, dear. I went off on one there. Um, I can't, right. I'm not sure if this setup works because I can't see my screen properly. What's going on? Oh, my God. Someone's asked questions. Oh, Bumpy Girls ask questions here. People have asked, oh, look at that. This is what we want. This is a sort of, you know, interaction. This is, this is what happens when you have a community, when you're an influencer like myself. This morning, I had 599 subscribers to the both on YouTube. And I put a message out to my community to say I've got 599 subscribers on YouTube this morning. Do you know how many subscribers I've got now? Anyone? In fact, I've got it there. It says says 605, but I'm going to refresh it because I think there's even more than that. Anyway, I've had about six or seven, I'm sure it's more than that, seven subscribers today because I put it out. 608 subscribers, 599 this morning, 608, less than 24 hours, nine subscribers. Now, you show me a YouTuber influencer who can get those sort of stats. That is what happens when you've got a community, yeah? And that's due to you, you people out there. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support. You know, the community, honestly, to put a post out like that, boom nine subscribers off the bat less than 24 hours i mean honestly and it's all kicking off the chat's kicking off i'm having a look at i don't know what to go first i'm gonna have a look at the facebook one first and i'll have the Instagram. i'm a district nurse oh we've done that how do i get it on right i'm a district nurse a lot of bandaging done it natalie my sister needs an uplift after she had a son i couldn't see anything wrong with her boobs personally but it's what she wanted she kept her old implants so just the uplift cost good luck to you and baby me and baby what natalie I, i i well i said earlier about the pregnant thing it wasn't me i'm not pregnant i was reading the question it was someone had asked a question saying she was pregnant i i haven't got a baby um i don't know I don't know what uh, uh, I don't know if you're talking. Are you talking to me or are you talking to someone else? Anyway, so thanks. Um, anyway, so sh- so good. So she she needed an uplift after She had a sound. so. There you go. I think Natalie might have been talking to the patient who asked the question. Is it? Anyway, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. And then Phoebe's asked a question. Sorry, um, let's get my mouse on that show the question what's the question say what's phoebe said on the subject of sick notes i don't know the attitude of my employers on elective slash cosmetic surgery as of yet however do you know if you have to list the specific procedure on a sick note, easy breast lift i'm still in the early stages of planning good question phoebe i've written a blog post about this and i've got a view about this i've got to be honest and i was i was a i mean it's a controversial subject i'll be honest with you phoebe it's a controversial subject and people have got views on it and I tell you where I am on that. Where I am is I'm a doctor and I'm treating a patient. There's a doctor patient confidentiality. So it's no one's business as to what your treatment is. And I'm not allowed to tell anyone without your consent. And if for the benefit of if for the reasons of my treatment, you are unable to work, then I will give you a note. Unfortunately, there's a place on the sick where it says what is the reason for this or something like that. It says something. What's the you know reason? And so I always just put surgery. I just write the word surgery. I don't write anything else. I just write surgery. And the re- and because unfortunately there's a lot. Well, there are people out there and there are employers out there who feel that cosmetic surgery shouldn't be uh, deemed as worthy of sick leave and i had a patient who was a secretary in the nhs and she was very badly affected uh, by her breasts and she had a, a breast reduction and i did a signal and they they said no you can't have the sick leave and i've got to be honest i was a bit I, I, I was i was you know upset you know i thought well why why can't she have the sick leave what you know, if she had a hernia repair, or if she had, I don't know, surgery on her arm, or had, you know, indigestion and had replacement is one I often talk about, or knee, rep- you know, something, all these things are improving quality of life, you know, and I'm like, what, why are you discriminating against her? I think that's really bad. Um, so I'm sorry to say that, I mean, she went to her employer and said, look, I'm having a breast reduction. I mean, some- I think, you know, there's something to be said for saying, look, I'm having an operation and not actually saying what it is because you don't have to say what it is and but you know that's up to you. So I think, you know, you I, I it's probably an idea to not ask what your employer's attitude is on elective slash cosmetic surgery. Um I mean if there's a got a thing on elective surgery, that's a different thing. So that would include hip replacements, cataracts and hernia repairs. If they say you can't have sick leave for elective surgery, that's pretty I don't know if that's legal to be honest, is it Is there, there must be a law about that, is there? Anyway, um so anyway, in answer to your question, we I don't say the procedure on the signal, I just write surgery and i just sign it so i don't even say i'm a plastic surgeon so uh that was the other problem with that lady she wanted a letter from me just saying the date she's been in hospital and things prior to the surgeries for her employer and obviously the letter said plastic surgery will overpay over it so they're like Oh, plastic surgery unnecessary but you know i feel that it's as necessary as a hip replacement or a cataract or a surgery for indigestion or whatever but that's me and you might say oh you would say that it's a plastic surgeon but anyway I think it needs to be realised that it is not what the public think it is, fact. The public think it is unnecessary surgery, people having enormous implants and people having, you know, stupid Botox and fillers and looking all awful and fake and terrible. But that's not what it's all about. It's not. I mean, obviously, some people do, obviously, but it's not the majority, not the majority of people I see anyway. That's where I am on that. Sorry, I was just looking at the question. I think I missed one. Tracy Ann, has there been any guidance issues as to when surgery should resume? My TT was postponed due to COVID, and I'm hoping to still get it done this year at some point. I would hope that this year would be reasonable, Tracy Ann. Um, guidance has suggested that. Uh, no, not really. No. It's a question of the hospitals when they can do it, um, but I think it's looking in the next. I think it's looking as I say, in August is probably where I'm, I'm putting my hopes on to it. But there's no real sort of boom. It's going to be then. Sorry, I've, I've ignored what's going on here. Um, Bumpy girl, Pip, ha, been watching you on catch up, but I'm live as I finally finished the deal for work. Finished the deal. Nice. Would you consider going under muscle to reduce CC? in a patient who had multiple CCs? Nice. Nice question. Thanks, Bumpy. Um, In a word, would I consider going under the muscle to reduce CC in a patient who had multiple CCs? Good question. In a word, if I had to do it in a word, which I don't, so why am I imposing a word on myself? Why am I posing a one-word limit on that when I don't have to? Well, but if I did, if you're going to push me on it, no. That would be the one word answer. But just to expand on that, um, you're absolutely right. Capsular contracture is measured by how much you can see or feel the implant. So if you put the implant under the muscle, you can't see or feel it as much. So the muscle sort of protects it because the muscles sort of in the way. So capsule contracture therefore presents later in people who have the implants under the muscle compared to people who have it on top of the muscle. So you raise a valid point by saying, well, therefore, if someone's had multiple capsule contracture, would you put it under the muscle? I think it's something you could take into the mix, Definitely. And the muscle thing is more about how much cover you've got. So if you've got enough cover over your chest, I would tend to put it on top of the muscle. If you haven't got enough cover, then I would tend to put it underneath the muscle. So I would be guided on how much cover you've got over the chest, how much soft tissue you cover. That's where I make the decision on under over the muscle. I don't make the decision on under over the muscle depending on risk of capsular contracture. If you want to do something about reducing your risk of capsular contracture, putting it under or over the muscle, the difference that makes fades into insignificance compared to the difference it makes using polyurethane implants so if, if someone's had multiple capsular contractures those are the people you really need to think about polyurethane implants now i said earlier it's got a higher risk of alcl fact true you've got to have a you got to weigh that in to the balance but these people who've had multiple capsule contractures, it can be really difficult to treat them because every time you touch them, every time you touch anyone, to be honest with you, you're giving them scar. As a surgeon, that's all we do. We just give you scar. So, you know, when people have had multiple capsule contracture, so-called um, uh, capsule contracture cripples, you know, they just cut con- a con- lot of... You just think, what can I do? Because you, you had, you know, you have fifteen years for the first implant, then eight years, then six years, now four years. You've got a and contracture. What am I going to do? Do I change it every three You know, you'll, every time you're doing surgery, you know, they've had, they've had, you know multiple operations in the first last few years and they just keep on getting cancer contracture it's a real problem and so the big difference is the is i would then really be thinking about polyurethane implants and uh as an aside maybe putting it under the muscle maybe but you see problem putting it under the muscle no nope, there's all pros and cons high wide animation deformities bleeds more hurts more so there's bad stuff about putting it under the muscle What are you going to do? Weigh it up, yeah? Risk. Life's a risk. Yeah? Um, Good question there, Bumpy. Uh, uh, What's going on here? Terry's in the house. Mariana's in the house. Bumpy says, thanks. Thank you. If you had a textive implant under the muscle, would that reduce the risk of ALCL? Laura. No. No. The muscle uh, doesn't change your risk of ALCL Laura your risk of ALCL is very small but it is the same whether it is on top of the muscle or underneath the muscle so the muscle I wouldn't there's not a decision making uh, a decision between under the muscle doesn't uh, rely on the ALCL risk that's irrelevant Um, so you should it's it's, as I say it's mainly how much cover you got on your chest how many times for classification of a CC cripple? I've had it twice. Oh, it's just a word, Bumpy. Um, twice, yeah. I mean, if you've had it twice and now your third time, you're getting that way. I don't think there's a classification. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't want to label you, Bumpy. Don't we don't be labelled as a CC cripple. Um, but you know, it, it is it is a vicious circle, and it is a problem. And this is what you have to think about. And and this is where kept polyurethane come in. Um, and I used to just use polyurethane implants for people who have had uh, capsular contracture. I do offer it now to people first time, um, but I tell them all the, you know, there's there's bad things about polyurethane as well as good things. Otherwise, if there's any good things, we'd only use those. But um, yeah, so no, you're not a cripple. You're just a two-timer, but you've got to be careful. Two-timer, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Um, you've got to be careful um, by you know i would say to you leave it as long as you possibly can before having surgery that's my advice leave it as long as you can so wait until it's you know if you can leave it a few years and you might think oh crikey i can't leave this for a few years i don't know how bad it is but if you can leave it a few years do that definitely you don't want to keep on having surgery every few years more scar more scar more scar leave it as long as you can that's my advice especially if you've had two capsular contractures i just mean it's clearly time to go to polyurethane i would say bumpy i would say if you had two capsular contractures i would say that really puts that balance that polyurethane over that balance you have to take into account the alcl but it does put that balance over there for me anyway everyone's different um has it been in the like, done that on the subject of sitting notes done that one haven't we i'm still in it but obviously many workplaces do love tracy ann sorry if my question has been already asked i was a little late what was your question oh about guidance no you well not no not really um i haven't been asked Fine. rebecca i've had mine for three years by jj and still in love now right instagram did you hear that i've got happy patient on facebook okay just so you know, Instagram, there is someone who is happy with, uh, with my work and uh, she, she's on um, Facebook. And, oh, Rebecca, because I've emailed her. I, mean, I emailed you, didn't I, Rebecca? Yeah. Uh, did I? Because you changed it. Anyway. Anyway. Olivia says 725. Not quite sure what that refers to. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not seeing a chat room. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know if I've done this very well thank you Olivia says thank you i sure what I've done thank you for but I'll take the thank you I missed something every week good luck to the lady of oh, feeling I've missed something but anyway I'm gonna go with it Phoebe says thank you good Olivia I'm going a bit mad waiting for my skin removal surgery it's affecting my sanity it's definitely important surgery thank you Olivia yeah I'm with it with you Olivia it is important surgery you tell them you tell the powers that be absolutely and i think we're all going a bit mad waiting for surgery oh god smooth that was my last question that was my last question so um was the last question. Anyone got any questions? Any more questions? Any more for any more? Oh, a few minutes. That's what they do, isn't it? I love it on the end of the webinar. And we've only got a couple more minutes. <laughs> and oh we've run out of time. I've run out of time. So I'll have to run over your questions for next week. Oh, Bumpy's got one. Well, oh, actually, I've got a few more minutes, Bumpy. What you got? Come on then. I'll, 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 I'll slip that one. I'm going to. Uh, yeah, you changed your name. Of my married name. Good on you, Rebecca. Community. Kelly. Kelly. I can't wait for my consultation now. I only spoke to you on the phone, but watching tonight has made my mind up. JJ is such for me blimey kelly watching tonight really got a pretty poor choice then is that is this the best you can do kelly honestly well not that i'm gonna i'm not gonna knock it i'm not gonna knock it i'll take it but uh thank you kelly is it the professional what did it was it the professionalism yeah the it the it skills oh we got questions coming in thick and fast now is liposuction any good for moving fat between a scar line? Fat between a scar line. What does that mean? What do you mean, Natalie? Between a scar line? Between? Fat between a scar line. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to. So maybe if you've got a scar that's dented in and you've got a bulge above the scar, you can do some liposuction to the bulge to try and flatten off the contour. I'm thinking classic being someone like um uh, a cesarean section scar tethered in can make it look like you've got a bulge above so liposuction above can flatten out the contour you'd be probably better off revising the scar um to make it not tether in but you know oh what's what's going on he's like uh olivia was it the beard (laughs) right natalie so here we go. So after my section, oh there you go. Where it's been closed, there's a bit of fat that doesn't go away. My stomach isn't flat. Okay, that does. So yeah, yeah, that's common, Natalie, what you're describing. So you you have a cesarean, and it looks like you've got a bulge above it, but you haven't really got a bulge. It's just the fact that the cesarean is tethered. Liposuction might help that, Natalie. Probably, but the other thing which might be a bit more effective would be actually revising that scar. Even more effective than that is like a mini tummy tuck or a or, or if, well, if you if you've if you've got enough uh, a full tummy tuck but not everyone's got enough for a full tummy tuck but um but yeah uh, a, 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 a mini tummy tuck or, a, or at least a scar revision of the scar would be another option but yes liposuction might help to to flatten the contour but it depends on how indented in your scar is because if you're dented in if your scar's indented in and you over liposuck the area if you take too much fat out from above the bulge and you might say oh I can't take too much fat out well you can Trust me, you can take too much fat out. And if you get an abnormal contour from your belly button down to the scar, if you sort of flatten it off and it looks wrong, um, you're not going to be happy. So I would advise caution. It's a difficult area to liposuck. And it's a difficult area because you worry that the skin won't recoil. If the skin doesn't recoil, you can get dense, you can get contour irregularities. It's a tricky one. I'm going to go, I'll tell you now, Natalie. And I've got to be honest, I don't like doing it. Full disclosure, I don't like doing liposuction to that central area just because I find it hard to get consistently good results. And I find it easier to get good results by either revising the scar, mini tummy tuck, that sort of thing. But I get it. You might say, crikey, I'm not a candidate for a mini tummy tuck. I've got, you know, um, But it's a tricky one. Oh, yes, that's it. I'll send a picture next week. My stomach is flat and then a bulge. do that. Send a picture. I'll have a look. Um, Bumpy, Bumpy goes, what's your view on safe BBLs, where methods can be practised safely? That's a good one, Bumpy. Um, I think that, I mean, there are people who are very uh, well-respected plastic surgeons in the world who say that you can do a BBL, being a Brazilian butt lift, for those of you who don't know what a BBL is, safely and they say that there are techniques that you can make sure that you are away from those big veins that are the cause of the fat going into the veins and then going into your heart and your lungs and killing you basically um so i but i i'm not an expert is the problem but certainly when i've heard them talk they have been compelling and it has made sense and i would imagine there probably is a safe way of doing Brazilian butler, and you know, there are, like I said earlier, there are risks with everything. You know, there are risks with breast augmentation, breast reduction, tummy tucks. Um, you know, tummy tucks, particularly, is a big op. You know, there are risks with these surgeries. So, um, I think it, I think, yes, I think it probably can be done safely. Yes, but not by me. So, I think, and also not in this country, unfortunately. Um, because we've been advised against it, so. But I, yeah, it, it may be something that we we should start looking at and and, and, uh, and offering because there is certainly a market for it. Stephanie, this is what we want. See, I knew, see, I waited, and uh, if I'd gone, look at this, it's all kicking off. Stephanie, I had an FDL in March, flirtily That is for uh, for the listeners who don't know that's a type of tummy tuck with a central scar it's like an inverted t scar it's a big tummy tuck basically Uh, and i'm really happy with the results but when i look down i look like i stick out more on my left side and my stomach is quite hard if is is the sticky bit just my insides on that side or could it be fat um a little bit weird that it sticks out and is hard is it the same side that sticks out hard um so that's a bit unusual but yeah i mean the problem stephanie how long ago did you have it in march oh march stephanie march girl what are you what are you messing what are you what are you thinking of steph have a word with yourself march come on march is nothing so march is too soon to worry about it at this point okay so number that's exhibit a um don't worry about it i give it six probably 12 months really um to to really let it settle uh, and see what's what because there might be swelling here or there an fdl a flirtly abdominoplasty is a big abdominoplasty exhibit a exhibit b it is not a uh, precise science i'm sorry to say surgery is not a precise science and there might be a bit more fat on one side than the other now first thing let it settle because if it settles it might be fine and if it's fine then we're all happy but it might not be fine and there might be a bit more fat on that side you know it could be it could be swelling or it could be could be fat the fact that it's hard makes it suggest that there's a bit of scar tissue there so maybe a bit of massage will help it to maybe you haven't got maybe you had a bit of blood there a bit of a collection which has now gone hard and you know not not a proper sort of full hematoma but you might have had a a bit of blood collecting in there and that can go hard and that can make it a bit more swollen than the other side so there could be a reason like that for it which is good because that will settle so um so i think you know it It may or may not be a permanent feature, but if it was only March, as I say, at least six, probably 12 months for it to really properly settle. And then you can have a look at it. And then if it is still something, then maybe a bit of liposuction. If it is fat, maybe a bit of liposuction could help to contour that area. But if it's hard, that's just it's not fat. Fat's not hard. Um, So it's it's good news, Stephanie. I think it's going to be okay. I think it probably is a bit of scar tissue which will um, settle. Natalie, I, thank you. I don't think I have enough fat for any kind of tummy tuck. Okay, Natalie. Yeah. Well, maybe a revision of your scar then, or maybe a bit of lipo. Um, we'll, we'll see. Send us a photo. i will have a look. So Stephanie, uh, all my belly is hard still. Yeah, March sixth. Stephanie, it's too early. Talk to you. Work with your surgeon, Stephanie. Work with your surgeon. Um, I don't think your surgeon's me. I don't think I did it fluidly on March the sixth. But, um, but that is fine, Stephanie, if, if it's early days, big op, early days, and uh, work with your surgeons in terms of massaging and things like that to see what they say in uh, March, April, May, June. So it's three months, isn't it? Um, yeah, to work with your surgeon in terms of timing for uh, massaging and, and what to do. But uh, bottom line is it's, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna settle. And what I normally say to people is it may not settle and be normal, may be a problem you may need a revision i'm not saying you won't need a revision this is what i say anyway um but i am saying that it's going to change so don't make any long-term decisions now three months in you know give it time give it time hopefully it'll be okay might scars are also hard well they soften with the massage and when they say massage they just mean rubbing creams in with oils? was yeah and and what i often say is actually your scar is a window of what's happening inside obviously the scar tissue inside as well so the fact that your scar is still red and hard means the scar inside is still quite firm so yeah absolutely when they say massage they mean yeah basically rubbing in creams yeah and oils um you know a lot of the time it's actually the massage that helps rather than the actual stuff that you use um, you know Nivea E45 aloe vera if you just use any sort of cream just to help to break down that scar tissue if it's all healed okay because sometimes that t-junction you can get problems with the healing so I don't be going telling you um you know what to do because it's you know different for everybody but around three months I would say you know maybe it might if it is healed well but it's just a bit firm then we get into a bit of mal- and if it's if it hurts then sort of back off but if it doesn't hurt you know maybe blanching the scar you know giving it a bit of pressure just help it to soften and settle. I've not seen my surgeon post-op as he is worried about COVID, so won't see him till August. Okay, but he can ring, can't you? Can he? Can he ring you or can he uh, Can he get in touch with you somehow, maybe? Healing perfectly. Yeah, well then, yeah. But Stephanie, don't do what I say. Don't do what I say. Do what he, You know, ring him up or send him an email or something. Text message or maybe not text. It's a bit nervous, isn't it? Send send him up, um, always you know, Rebecca. When pregnant, should you wear a support bar to bed to help keep shape? Where were you? Where were you earlier? Where were you? So, um, Rebecca, don't worry about it. It's, um, I don't think. People talk about that. People talk, forget the pregnant, people talk about it even when they're not pregnant. They say, oh, should I wear a bra at night to stop my breasts from uh, sagging? I don't think there's any evidence for that. I think what what is going to happen is going to happen. And I don't think that wearing a support bra at night will make your bra uh, breasts not sag. So I think you just got to accept it that sometimes after pregnancy your breasts sag. Now, one thing you can do, actually, which I forgot to say earlier, one thing that, you, that is in your so a lot of it is not in your control. Um, the the two things I guess that are, are in your control if you're pregnant and you're worried that your breasts are going to droop um are the one thing is um breastfeeding. Now the longer you breastfeed, the more the longer your breast skin is stretched and the and the, the less likely it is to recoil. So the more likely they are to droop. I don't want to put you off breastfeeding because it's obviously benefits in terms of the baby and all the, the, yourself as well. With the, you know there's lots of benefits of breastfeeding, but The longer that they're stretched, the more likely they'll droop. And the other thing that is in your control is weight. Because often you can put on weight when you uh, have a child. And if you put on weight, obviously that will also make your breasts get bigger and that will stretch the skin. And the more weight you put on, the more it will stretch the skin. And so putting on weight's fine, it's just losing it again. When you lose it again, it's more likely to make your breasts droop. So if you can be careful with your weight, Stay healthy. Watch, you know, your diet, etc., uh, and mm-hmm. that will have, I, I would say, a more a beneficial effect on the um, drooping of your breasts than wearing a bra at night. I don't think that wearing a bra at night will help. So, um, but I do think that you know, particularly watching your weight and trying to be careful with your weight will will help with the risk of drooping. Sorry, my daughter wouldn't go to bed. It's okay, Rebecca. You don't have to say sorry. Um, so yeah, oh, Stephanie spoke on the phone. Good, spoken. Oh, yeah, speak, speak to her on the phone about the, the scar. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, any other questions? I think I've got a. Yep, I've got a couple more minutes before my next engagement. Um, obviously, I've got a. Uh, very busy man obviously you've got a lot of engagements i'm very busy but i have got just a couple more minutes or um you know, i've got people who people who need me because um might be a bit of antiques retro on tv so i don't watch that so if they're without further ado thank you all you and you is it weird me looking at two places i feel it's weird i don't know if it's good or not i will um sign off is antiques Trip on? i don't know if it is on i don't know if it is on this time and i'm probably too late and i will say thank you beck and bumpy and everyone else who knows me and i will see you seven o'clock next week hopefully i'll have more news about when we'll start again as i say we're starting we're starting back in the clinic in uh in july next month and um yeah see you next week seven o'clock and i'm gonna sign off and as it just started channel 17 channel 17 i love channel 17 that's just where i go Yorkshire Vet. no not the york chevette antiques road trip all day long all day long right um so that yeah um i better get off better get off and watch that take it easy thank you all for engaging you and you and everybody else well it's actually just you two and as in two places and have a good evening and uh, same time same place all right end the video end the video oh what's that download video right end video on facebook thank you facebook it is always on back to back, back to back anti road trip. That is a good day. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag #AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.